Welcome back to the Can't Stay Quiet podcast. I'm so excited to have a guest with me today. We have Christine Roxray with us. And Christine, why don't you just, before we get started, introduce yourself a little bit, tell me about who you are and what you do. Hey, Samantha. Thank you so much for having me on today. Um, yeah, what do I do? I am, I'm a mom. I'm a mom of five kids. Um, and I'm a homeschooling mom. I do have a job on Thursdays that um, kind of takes me away from the kids for a little bit. And then I get to come back home and um, I miss the kids. And so they missed me too. And so it just keeps the, the week flowing. Um, I'm a farmer as well. And um, yeah, a gardener, I guess. I've had cleaner gardens, but <laughs> I guess I'm getting there. Um, but otherwise, I am a mom who took my homeschooling kids to a library and I found some books that are not appropriate for not only my kids, but for every kid. There's mm-hmm. some books out there. It's not that that it's just shouldn't be, shouldn't be seeing. Adults shouldn't be seeing. Um, they're books that shouldn't be made. They don't, um, they don't match. It's not just that they don't match the, the values in, in Manitoba or in Canada, but they actually break the criminal code of Canada. They violate the criminal code, especially in the criminal code that I'm talking about is sections 152 and 163 in particular. I'm sure that there are others, but that's that's what I'm, I'm definitely sticking on. Yeah, I love that you point that out, that really it's not just a matter of like opinions or morals or ideas or what we think kids should see and not see. It's really pointing back to the criminal code of Canada. And what does child pornography look like and what, you know, content like that can be geared towards kids. Yeah. It's, can it's, you, can you walk us through being at the library and how you discovered that this was there? Well, I was, um, I pulled my kids from school um, two years ago and in school, you have a school library, but since we're not in school, we needed a library. So we went to the public library and um, my son, well, all five kids, you let them loose and they go and have an adventure and you're keeping an eye on them, of course, but over beside the, in the children's section, beside the, some of my kids like fiction and some like nonfiction, you know how it is. Um, some kids like learning about something new um, and my son, it's right beside like, I don't know, learning about how lightning works and how um, engines work or etc. like, it was a children's nonfiction, second shelf, like mid-stack. And it was right there beside the kids, I don't know, chairs. And my son picks off this book. And I don't know, something told me. I, I believe it's the Holy Spirit that told me um, that I should just take that book from his hand and give him another book. And so that's what I did. I just grabbed it from his hand and gave him a different book. And I opened this book that he was supposed to, hmm. that he took off the shelf. It's so mad that it had... Hmm. It had pictures and um, graphic writing that wasn't meant to be for children. And it was not meant, I don't think, in my opinion, it shouldn't be there for adults because it honestly breaks the criminal code of Canada. It's pictures that you can't unsee. It's yeah. pictures that shouldn't, you would not be teaching your children uh, probably at all or uh, certainly not at the age of six. Um, and thank goodness, thank you, God, for, for, you know, not letting him see it. Yeah. Yeah, so then I took these books um, because I actually thought, am I crazy? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, like, it was such a shocker 
to me to see such vulgarity in um, in the written word and in pictures. So I actually brought it to um, check it out to see what other parents thought. So my kids were in a swimming pool during swimming lessons, and I would bring it to the other parents at school. And there was not one parent that said that these books were okay. I asked them, you know, like, what do you think of these pictures for kids? And and they were taken aback. They were in such shock that they were like, no. And of course, everybody's looking around to make sure that that well, they didn't even want to be caught seeing it, let alone yeah. letting kids see it. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll take it to the beach. So it's not just the parents in my area, which is where the pool was, but also to the beach, which is in a, another area in Manitoba. And they too, there was not one person Santa, that said that these books were okay, hmm. that they would be okay with showing their kids. And so, yeah, things kind of started going from there. Yeah. I think it's so incredible just going back to that moment with your son that the Lord really did just have you turn around and for whatever reason, because it's true when you're at the library, you're like, okay, kids, go run, go find some adventurous books, have a great time like we did when we were little. So for you to have that instinctive moment to just turn around and take out what was in his hand. And again, the covers of these books are not necessarily ones that you would see the front cover and just know that there's explicit content in there. Um, So I love that the Lord just really had you instinctively do that and save your son from seeing explicit images, like you said, that you can't unsee. Um, And, you know, just for those of you that haven't seen the books, like these are cartoon drawings, but you can't underestimate what that does in a child's mind. Like explicit content is explicit content. So whether it's a photo or in this case, cartoon images, um, this is going to stick in their brains for forever. Cause we know how, I mean, we know how porn works as an adult and we've seen the stats on its addictive, uh, you know, qualities. And so, having this material around kids makes absolutely no sense. And like you said, goes against the criminal code. Um, Once you talk to parents and had kind of that confidence boost, I think of like, okay, I'm not crazy. Uh, This is not appropriate. Where did you go from there? And what did that look like? So, you know what? I I just met so many people with so many talents. Um, God put us together. I can't even describe how we found each other, but um, I knew what I needed out of this and I needed those books to be removed. Um, we're getting there. I think I, I just keep plugging and there's, there's just so many people that God has really, God's been, God's hand is in the middle of this, um, bringing people together. Um, I mean, it's, to me, it's kind of, I would have thought that it's a fluke that people meet. I mean, even, even you and I meeting, (laughs) that's such a fluke that we meet, but those flukes, I don't really believe in coincidences anymore. Like yeah. I said in another interview, um, I think it's more God, God incidences mm-hmm. where it's really God intervening and in, in kind of bringing people together. Yeah, so I true. have excellent help, such support. And they're just people or individuals who actually think alike. We're not actually a group. Um, we're parents that think alike. We know individually that we do not like these books. And since everybody has such different talents, we bring that together. And so what we did in September, um, this wonderful person, Karen, um, she presented to the library board in our region. So our region has seven municipalities that have been paying for, um, that have been working together and having a library, regional library system. And so there's five libraries within these seven municipalities. And we went to the library board and we asked the board to make policies or put some policies in place that would not only eliminate these books um, that 
violate the Criminal Code of Canada, but would also protect um, the library from having more books put on the shelf. So we're not just getting rid of the books that already exist, but we're just making policy, we want to, Mm -hmm. have a policy put in place that wouldn't even allow these books to come in in the first place. And so once you see these books, it's really not that big of an ask because it's so, to me, it's so easy. Here's the criminal code. Here's the books. It's such a clear violation. And so to me, it's a a really easy thing, but obviously it's not. Mm -hmm. And everybody's drawn in different ways. So they have said, hmm. I'm going to just make it in the simplest way. They've said, no, they don't want to take the books off the shelves. So that's okay. They don't want to put a policy in place. So that's okay. But then we took it to the next step. We, I, and individuals like me took it to that next step. And in order to have the library running into, in a municipality, you need funding. And the funding comes from the municipality itself. So it really makes you, um, the irony of the situation is that parents don't like porn in front of their children, but parents especially don't like porn paid by mm-hmm. tax dollars yeah. to be put in front of our children, paid for with our hard-earned earned dollars, right? So we had individuals present um, some wonderful speeches in front of councils, asking them to no longer fund the library until we're no longer fund these books. So, and so if that's the case, it was, the question was to no longer fund the library until these books are taken off the shelves or no longer fund pornographic books in front of our kids. So with our public funds. And yeah, we, there's a lot of people in the area that would agree, right? I'm not just a, no, that sad, crazy person who doesn't like pornography in front of their kids. Apparently, I'm not the only one. So, yeah, yeah it's it's been going. And um, that's what we've been doing in the South Central Regional Library area. And um, this has broken into different areas. Uh, it's been presented in Winnipeg, as you would know. Um, and there's other places. I think things have started in Brandon, maybe not necessarily the library area. There's been um, other places in South southern Manitoba um that this has been started yeah well yeah when I first saw your name it was in the CBC article and I was just I shouldn't have been surprised you know most mainstream media articles I I should just get over being surprised but nonetheless I was just surprised at how slanted that piece was um basically denying that this was even happening which was ironic because they even in their own words described one of the books as a graphic novel novel that displayed pictures of and they went on to say a whole bunch of things a whole list and I'm like how did you not just describe pornography like you just did it in your own words um and you know there's just been the whole conversation around book banning and that's I feel like been the biggest pushback I've seen somewhat online and then in person obviously at our council meeting that we were both at that was the topic that just kept coming up um so I would love to hear your response to when somebody says you guys are just a bunch of book burning book banning parents um I think in to quote one of the council members he said we'll leave that to the neo-nazis so what is your response to (laughs) book banning um, you know what? I, I actually feel, um, for for lack of a better better term, I actually feel sorry for some of these people. I think it might be fear or or whatever the case may be. Um, 
but a lack a lack of knowing a lack of education um the the true definition of ignorance that they just don't know if they were to calm themselves a little bit and just put their questioning hat on and actually look at the books and say okay what are these people talking about and if they were to read the criminal code and then look at the books and maybe read a few lines within the books they would see that this isn't about book, book burning, book banning, censorship. This is not about that. This is about meeting the criminal code of Canada. This is basic safety for the citizens of Canada, right? The criminal code of Canada isn't like a, you know, a, a very intricate, difficult design of, of any any criminal codes. It's it's not that hard not to show porn to children it's pretty basic you know um, invitation counseling on touching is against the law it, it's really that basic and in the books if they were to read those lines if they were to understand what the criminal code says it's not difficult it's very um criminal code made for very simple education right it's meant for everybody at every level um Right? So you don't need to be a rocket scientist to, to, to figure this stuff out. So if you read the criminal code and then you read these books, it would just be so easy just to breathe your way through it and go, you know what, that doesn't match. I do truly think that these people are scared. Um, they want to be politically correct, whatever that might be, without actually looking at the criminal code. And if they were to, like, yeah. So to answer your question, I would ask them to look at the criminal code, look at the books. Yeah. And I just think that it's an ignorant situation and they just need to maybe take that step back um, and want some dialogue. And if they were to have that dialogue, they would just see it for themselves. It's, it's really not that difficult. Yeah, it really does seem so simple. It's not like we're asking for a new law to be created. There already is one. Yeah, we just want it followed. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess that's one thing somebody has asked me. They said, oh, well, why would you want more government interference? Why would you want more, um, you know, red tape? It's, it's, it's government overreach. Well, no, actually, it's the bare minimum of making sure that the, the consistent or the, the congruent laws are actually, um, are actually upheld, right? These laws already exist. We're just making sure they're being enforced. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I know there's the whole debate on like libertarianism, but even staunch libertarians, I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but most of them would agree like murder, for example, should still be illegal. And so we still have these like basic tenets of society that we expect the government to uphold and there to be some sort of justice. Um, and I feel like this falls under that where, you know, children not seeing pornography and not having that, like you said, by our tax paying dollars in libraries and in schools seems like a basic logic to follow you, yeah. would, you would think you would think this is not such a huge fight <laughs> i i was almost surprised like again i said i should i shouldn't be surprised but seeing you know just the online conversation that there are those individuals who are fighting in opposition and i almost forget that they exist just because again i feel like this is such an obvious thing i feel like it's almost must be an oversight you know these books accidentally found their way in the library and we know it's not an accident but here they are but there are actually parents fighting and working to have these books staying put um it just kind of blows my mind i guess i guess they would have to actually just to me i don't think 
that those online people or those people who are fighting against have actually looked at those books. They Some might have looked at the odd one, but have yeah. they actually looked at it? Yeah. And you admit that they need, like, I don't know, I don't really want to read the books on your show, but if if I were to read it, that means that these people are admitting that it's necessary to show their children pornography or something that's so borderline, right? A pornography is a legal term. Yeah. So that's something that has to be won in the courts. But there's something that when you see these pictures, when you read the content, there's something within you that says, oh boy, <laughs> that shouldn't be said. That shouldn't be. And you know why we know that's true? Because they yell decorum, right? Yeah, we need right. decorum in this room. If, if I was wrong, and I want to say I was wrong because I don't want to put anybody else under the bus. I can only speak for myself. So let's say I'm wrong. Then why on earth are people yelling, oh, you can't say that here? Why isn't CBC opening the book away from the puberty page? Right? Yeah. This is the book about puberty. Yes, there's puberty. And and I have no problem. Yeah. I have no problem teaching kids about puberty. I mean, that that's a great thing to teach, right? Puberty is going to happen. Maybe yeah. not at the age of five, right? Let's let's sure. be realistic here. But but there's nothing wrong with teaching about puberty. That's going to happen, and that's pretty important. That's actually about biology and science. But if the media were actually on the side of oh no, these books are okay, then why aren't they printing the same pictures that I've been showing? Right? Yeah, and I'm showing. I know there's a lot of other people who've been showing it too, but I just I can only speak for myself, Samantha. So whatever I've been showing, how come CBC didn't put those pictures on? You know why? Because it's illegal. Yeah. They can't actually print what's in those books in the newspaper. They can't put them online. I don't know. I know a lot of people who've actually tried putting this stuff online and they, they've been taken off of Facebook. Or that, right? They've been totally well, flagged. It's fascinating to me then with the writers at CBC, again, are they, where are they getting these pictures from? Have they picked up these books themselves and they're purposely choosing to not show the graphic ones because they can't, and yet they know they, they exist and then they're not writing a true factual art, article or are they just getting sent these images and then they just run with that story without actually checking the rest of the book? Like I got to yeah. tell you something really cool. <laughs> so after my first meeting in Winnipeg, so when I presented this kind of thing in Winnipeg, and everybody was yelling decorum, oh, you can't stay that in this in chambers. We have to have decorum in the chambers, which let's let's think of the irony of that. I'm reading a book mm -hmm. from the libraries that they pay for under their policies that is meant for kids, right? Mm -hmm. And they didn't want to hear it in chambers. Yeah. And then they're yelling decorum. And then afterwards, I've had media, and I won't I won't say his name. He came up to me, he works for CTV, I believe. He walked up to me and he asked me if I would have an interview. And I said, you do me a favor. I will have an interview because I really don't trust the media that well. That's a, I mean, look at the CBC article. Yeah. So I said, you do me a favor. You print my speech or you print what was in those books. You print my speech that I was not allowed to say in that room. And we'll have, and then I'll have an interview. And he said, I can't. <sighs> Why not? I said, <laughs> do you understand? That that the, the the silliness of this, and he said, "Well, I can't because," and then he trailed off because you know why, yeah, you know why, and that little bit inside of you that's saying 
this is wrong. I'm sure that that's in everybody. Well, I hope, unless they're a little bit narcissistic, but. Well, I know. And I'm thinking of one example where it's kind of a conundrum of, I believe they have seen these images. There's a local bookstore owner in Winnipeg. And I know that she's seen them because she sells these books. She takes them to schools. She's a parent. Um, And she's advocating and using their social media to keep them. So there are those few who unfortunately have seen and still want. Um, And I know that I think it just ties back into the kind of inclusivity conversation that we started to have earlier, but that, you know, these books to them are inclusive. Therefore, it's almost like they're just willing to turn a blind eye to those images because that's how much they want those books to stay for other reasons. Because I really think if you isolated just the images, again, I don't know how any parent could say that they're, it's okay. Um, But they're justifying it somehow, which is just heartbreaking and again kind of mind-boggling of like there are some parents who they've seen it and they still want it and that to me just it's hard to wrap my brain around that and to understand that logic yes and it's funny because you say that that inclusivity and i am going to be as inclusive as possible all kids no matter what color what gender what they all deserve to be protected by the criminal court of canada absolutely right Mm -hmm. and so if we want to truly be inclusive, I'm including them, whoever that them could be, they need to be protected. Yeah. And if it's, if the criminal code is there to protect some kids, it should be there to protect all kids. And like I say, I don't care who they are. Let's include them. They need to be protected from pornography. Yeah, absolutely. And from the content side, these books are very inclusive. There's not just like certain images parents are not okay with. Like every kind of couple is portrayed in these books. So as yeah. I've said before, like inclusivity is not a reason to be, you know, for these books staying because it's not an inclusivity issue, even though it's kind of tried to be turned into one. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I know we talked about like we're t- mainly talking about libraries, but as I said, like these books are also being advocated to be in schools. I know you already know that and have seen that happening. Um, so just for those listening to know, like it's a library issue, but it's also a school issue. And so these books could either be in your child's school library or being pushed as part of their curriculum. And so that's just important to be aware of. It's not just a library issue, unfortunately. Um do you have anything to add to that? Just about school? You know what? Yeah, actually, that's. Um, I'm going to say the, the facts that I know. And the fact that I know is that it's in our public libraries because I actually went and I looked at it. Yeah. I'm willing to bet it's in the school system. Yeah. I know for a fact that it is. There's a father who's been researching it for four years now across Canada, and he has cataloged by school and by book what books are in what school libraries mm-hmm. and it's been four years now so in my mind I thought this was like a very recent issue but there's dads like him who for the last four years have been researching this so yeah, yeah. and it's just blown up um mm-hmm. recently and I think that whole COVID thing maybe we got everybody else aware I know for myself that was the draw for me to actually get the kids out of school and then go to the library those books have been there since 2014 some of them yeah it's a long 2014, like that's that's it's fine, yeah. right? And so I would agree, but to say that they're not in schools, I would have to, I would really doubt that they're not because I mean there was a lady in, in Brandon who who talked about them being in the schools. 
I can't say for sure that mm -hmm. they are. I'm willing to bet that that lady's right. Yeah. But because I haven't gone to see. So guess what I'm trying to say to you, Samantha, is make sure that your audience goes out, check their library, check their school. You guys, when it's lice season, you check your kids for lice. Guess what? This is check your libraries, check your school season. Go and check this out, guys, because this is important. Your yeah, and you have every right as a parent to ask these questions and no one should be giving you a hard time about it. Like you're choosing to send your child there. Yeah, you actually have, I think they call that skin in the game, right? Your kid mm -hmm. is in this environment. You're the parent. Go and check it out. Do not let them, whoever that them is, push you out of your parental job. Yeah. To me, that's your God-given, um, not getting right. It's your God-given obligation yeah. as a parent to do the right thing for your child. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Brandon. Can you talk to us a little bit about what happened there? I know some people are following it online, but probably don't have the full scope on kind of what went down a couple weeks ago. Well, I'm going to, uh, I'll answer that question as best I can. Um, so, and it's all going to be speculation, but I, I was a school board trustee for a little while and I would just do some speculation on that. And so is this gospel truth? Absolutely not, but I'm willing to bet you. Mm -hmm. I'm betting tonight, right? <laughs> I'm willing to bet you how that turned out. So there, in Brandon, two weeks prior to this whole blow up, um, there was a wonderful lady. I don't even know her name. I think her name was Lorraine. She did such a wonderful job in presenting. She was a previous trustee who had retired, and she brought forward. Um, what she believes was um, she was complaining about the potential books that may be in, inappropriate for children in the Brandon School Division. And she, what her request was, from my understanding, was that she was asking the school board to create um, a committee made up of parents and trustees that could review the books that are available to children to, um, to analyze their appropriateness is what my understanding from what I got to hear. Now, was I a trustee? No. Was I the person who presented? No. This is just what I get to hear in my interpretation of that. So, um, yeah, let's, let's just get that, that situation done there. Um, so what happened after that? Um, how a board works is that when they take this and a person, when a person is a delegation and they have a request, usually, not always, but usually they give about two weeks. They take two weeks to deliberate and to think about it. And then they give a response. In this case, instead of, of doing a response, they ask for a public hearing, apparently. So that following two weeks, they had their meeting and they put it in a different location because they had a, a big overwhelming response according to their um, agenda. They had like, I don't know, I think they said 250 or something like that responses via email. Um, and when people um, send in um, complaints or whatever, parents don't know that parents, anybody, any public person doesn't really know who they should be sending it to. They should be sending it to um, either their trustee 
or if they should be sending it to the superintendent, should they, they be sending it to um, all the trustees? Nobody really knows where that should be going. So my understanding of this was that there was 250 emails that came in at least and they were directed all over. So somebody had to vet those and, and organize and decide which emails were good, which emails were were, um, were supposed to be listened to, um, which ones were of value. Now, I my speculation would be who who who's in charge of that? Mm-hmm. How did they determine which emails were worth listening to? Um, which emails, like if a person were to determine that an email was, let's say, um, discriminatory or may have hate speech. I'm not sure if their definition of hate speech would be the same as my definition of hate speech. Right. right? So whoever's vetting those emails may or may not have been fairly um, appropriate on, on vetting those emails. In my opinion, all of the emails should have been taken into account. I'm not on the board not my decision that's how i would have done it if if i was that chair um there's also an organization above them which is the manitoba school boards association um i'm not sure where they sat on it uh i'm willing to guess at where they sat on it and i have a feeling that that may have been um i that they probably put their two cents into it and it probably wouldn't have been the same as my two cents as politically correct as possible. Very nice. Yes. Okay. Understood. <laughs> so um, they have a lot of influence on how a board, on how the school board acts. Should they have a lot of influence on how the school board acts? No, they're they're an association. A school board is actually elected officials. The the school board's association is are not the elected officials that were elected for the Brandon School Board Association. So, or sorry, the Brandon School Board itself were the elected officials, the MSBA were not. So if they put their two cents in, it should really just be their two cents. It, they should not have direction by MSBA. I'm not sure if MSBA did put in their two cents. I just wouldn't be surprised. So, and not my business. But I'm just trying to tell your, your audience how that probably fell into place. Then, um, so I don't think that those 250 emails were heard um, properly. Another thing, um, a school board should be impartial. So I don't think that wearing um, a rainbow flag, for example, or a, um, a politically, let's say that, um, Let's say we were having a conversation between Russian uh, about mm-hmm. Russia and Ukraine. Should I be saying Russia's right, Ukraine's wrong, Ukraine's right, and Russia's wrong? I shouldn't be saying that. I should be impartial and actually hearing mm-hmm. both sides of the matter. In this case, we should be hearing both sides. We shouldn't be wearing the colors necessarily mm-hmm. of an, of one of the sides. Um, we should also shouldn't have posters. In behind us of one of the sides yeah um sadly um we all know what every flag looks like and every flag means everything has meaning and so these boards should be as impartial as possible and i 
didn't see impartiality that night from what I got to see. Um, another thing that I happened that looked a little fishy. Um, uh, let's go back. So there was there was a delegation, and then two weeks later they should have either had a decision or they needed to seek more information. And so if they needed to seek more information, that's what they did. They put out a public hearing. Now, a public hearing would have just brought information to that group to make a proper decision. Then two weeks later or more, then they could have come out with a decision. So they should have had the information from that lady, Lorraine, on the one night. Two weeks later, they should have heard from the public hearing. They had three hours of listening to other people speak then they probably should have waited it would have looked better if they would have waited because in my opinion they didn't take into account those people who spoke um the people who spoke were seemed one-sided um heavier one-sided than the other yes there were i don't know i think it was like six people who spoke that were more on my side of things versus of many people, the other three hours worth of, of information was on the other side. And that's okay. But if there was 250 people who responded, I'm pretty sure it wasn't just six people mm -hmm. who were on my same wavelength. Otherwise, if it was that ratio, I'm pretty sure it would have been a more easy decision and you wouldn't have had to have, have public hearing in the first place because right. the numbers would have said that it's weaker on the other side it wouldn't have needed to be a public debate. Mm. And it wasn't even a debate. Um, <laughs> there wasn't even deliberation. If you carefully look at that, they had a really well orchestrated um, motion at the end, which seems a little fishy to me, unless they would publicly show me both decisions in a beautiful motion. Yes, we choose for Lorraine's um, want for a community or um, a committee being drawn if that was one of the motions and then the motion that they did put out which was against Lorraine's motion if they would have showed me both of those were available then that would have been more impartial but what they showed is that after that public hearing with three hours of, of information gathering they already had a motion a beautifully written motion in place that was actually accurate and was exactly what the board wanted in a board setting, it's very rare to have your motion read out in if you just created it in one beautiful sentence, unless it was pre-created, right? Usually you'll have their theirs, uh, therefores, your your um, therein's, your they, the wording wouldn't be so beautifully written just out of uh, out of the blue. So it was really pre-orchestrated prior to. The public hearing in my opinion i want to be very clear on, on yeah. then another thing that that um looks very fishy um a school board and all boards are they have public these public settings should be public and so it is the job of the board to either make it um public access should be they had a beautiful big room there and apparently there was a curtain on the side. They could have just opened up that curtain and let more people in. But mm -hmm. 50 people were pushed out of the room. So that wasn't that public setting as what mm -hmm. you would hope that they had. 
I don't know. I wasn't there. That's just what, from what I got to see. Um, another very important thing is that um, it seems fishy to me that all of these organizations that came to present that night at a public hearing, how did they all know what happened at a menial, the menial little Brandon school board meeting? How did they know that Lorraine had this, this presentation? So it went viral. Yes, her presentation did go viral. But how did so many organizations know within two weeks to make such a beautiful, um, their arguments so, so well orchestrated it, within two weeks, unless somehow they were notified? I don't know. I guess I'm just being suspicious on that whole situation. To me, these people were notified. And, and that's okay that they were notified because it was a public hearing. But if they were notified, then what about the rest of the parents? It's it's shocking to me that this is happening in in such a, a massive school division. And it, it's just shocking to me that where were the rest of the parents? It, it was, seems very fishy that a school board can... Remember when Bill 64 came out? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think Bill 64. Yeah, Bill 64. Um, everybody needed to go and fight for the school division, right? Oh, the province was thinking of getting rid of school boards. Everybody, all the parents come, local voices, local choices, or local choices. There's signs local everywhere. Everybody knew that, yeah, there was signs everywhere, right? I'm pretty sure that everybody had contact within, probably within two weeks, that we needed, as, as a school division, we, Brandon School Division, need help. We need parents' input. We need you guys to all fight for school division. So I'm sure within two weeks, those people were notified, come and fight for me. Now, similarly, how did the, how did the board let parents know that this public hearing was happening? Because if there's only six people that showed up on, on the same wavelength that I'm thinking, Lorraine had a wonderful presentation and it made sense, in my opinion. So then why did those parents know? I really don't know what their advertising for that public hearing was. If it's a public hearing, it should have been public. It should have been public notified. Um, how did it just seem suspicious to me that these organizations all knew to come for the public hearing and no parents came to the public hearing? Another thing that's suspicious is that if you want to talk about skin in the game, the weight of an organization, for example, um, a women's shelter or, or I don't even know who else spoke. Um, those organizations, were they speaking on behalf of their children mm. that are in the school system? Because their two cents, their speeches, their presentations should have only been weighted as at the very most, as much as what a parent's two cents were, mm -hmm. right? Parents actually have kids in the, in the process of learning from that division. So if anybody's opinion matters, it is the parents or the students themselves that matter. Not some organization such as the University of Brandon shouldn't have outweighed the, the, the call from the parent. If anything, it could match, but at the very max, it could match a parent's opinion. Um, it should not be outweighing a parent's opinion. So when they wait who's speaking, 
and organizationally in the world of business, um, a corporation or an organization is only seen as an individual, just so you know, um, uh, right? If you were to, to sue an organization, um, or I shouldn't just say sue because that sounds so negative, but if you were to talk to this organization, it is actually legally seen as one individual. An organization is equivalent to one individual. So that's in the, in the business realm of things. So if that's the case, their their opinion, the University of Brandon, for instance, opinion should be equal to, not weighted more than one parent. And so there was a lot of fishy things that night. And um, yeah, that's what we're going to stop. I know, as you said, this is just your opinion and spe speculation, mm -hmm. but that was a pretty long list of things that looked <laughs> No, I mean to say, I think there's some weight there and, you know, whether or not you can definitively say, I just think from your experience that you've had, it's, yeah, accurate to yeah. say there's some suspicious looking things from the outside. Yeah, it just, it just looks a little fishy to me. And, yeah. yeah, The numbers just seemed so insane to me that it was so much so much higher of you know support to keep yes this. and poor Lorraine because they what the motion was at the end didn't even speak to the yeah. fact she wanted a committee drawn mm. very innocently right she actually asked for a committee to be drawn to review books and the committee was supposed to be of trustees and parents why why these organizations had their opinion is, is shocking to me when all she asked for was a committee, she didn't, she didn't um, vilify anybody. Yeah. She just wanted to have a committee drawn. It's, it's ludicrous how it turned out. It was some, yeah. yeah, that, that didn't turn out the way it should have. It didn't seem fair to me. Well, thanks for sharing your insight on that. It was really helpful. Um, can you share with us, like for parents listening, if they are, you know, maybe for the first time becoming aware that this is even an issue, or maybe they've known, but they're unsure what they can do, how do they act? What would some tips be that you would give them on what to do next? They're concerned about this and they don't know what to do with that concern. Number one, don't just believe Samantha. Don't just believe Christine. <laughs> Yeah, I second that. So, yeah, go, go and look at a book yourself. Go and look at the criminal code and go and look at the book. I need everybody to make their own decisions because God gave us free will for a reason. He didn't just ask us to believe and, and follow like sheep. We're supposed to follow somebody like sheep, right? And we know who that is. We're supposed to be following Jesus. Uh, like wonderful sheep because he is our shepherd. But... Did we be just following me because I said that there was pornography in these books? Absolutely not. Please go to the library or go to your school. Um, so those two things are very different. Go to the library. Um, for a public library, definitely go check that out. And for your school division, you can ask. You are a parent. You have the right, even actually public, because it is actually done by public funds. You actually have the right to ask for the catalog within your school or within your division. Yeah. Um, so the catalog within the school libraries, and you can either look at that, or you can even ask, I don't know how the schools are since COVID, if you're allowed in or what that is, but you should be able to go and see the books that are being shared to your children. Another thing that they kind of hide is that you don't want to just see what's in the library, but you also want to see what's in the private libraries of the teachers. Now, because they call it a private library of the teachers, that might be a little bit harder to get around. 
but you can just ask, I want to see the books that are being shown to my children. So then that's where, if you say the private library of the teacher, then, so just switch the words around. Don't, don't use private use. I would like to see all of the books that are being shown to my kids. And, and that, that way you kind of meander that, that private. We've got to be careful with our words because all our words mean something. Yeah. So, um, and then what do you do? I would, you're supposed to follow the protocol. I would actually bring that up right away to the teacher if that's uh, there in their their catalog. Um, and then if it's if it's in the school, I would I would just straightly jump straight to the superintendent. Uh, I know they're going to say, "Oh, you didn't follow the protocol." Yeah, this this is a, a tighter issue. You're not just talking about one kid. You're helping for all kids, and so. This isn't just a private conversation. Oh, I would prefer my little Johnny doesn't get this in your classroom. This is this is bigger than that. So my opinion would be to jump that to straight to the superintendent or um, I would also probably CC that. I wouldn't even blind copy it. I would CC that straight to all of your trustees. Um, it Again, in my opinion, there's a lot of corruption in a lot of organizations right now. And um, there will be a little bit of heat when when you talk about these issues. Uh, I mean, Samantha, we've talked about these issues and we felt a little heat in that room. And that's okay. Um, we've spent too long, and that's how this got here. We've spent too long just letting things wash over, right? Oh, that's okay. It's not that big of a deal. We've been saying it's not that big of a deal for too long. And... Um, Hopefully we don't get judged on that because there's a lot of us who have just let things happen and it's now time to just stand. Am I asking you to fight? No, we're not starting a fight. We're starting a stand. And if we're going to fight for anything, it's, it's a great cause. Our children are a great cause to fight. We're yeah. standing because we've been given. God's going to tell you when to fight and God's going to tell you when to stand. He's going to tell you when to move. Um, we need to pray. First of all, um, in fact, that's probably what's got us so far. The prayers that are coming from the South Central Regional Library area is immense. Like there's prayer teams that, like, you know how I'm saying, I don't know if I actually said that to you, but the people, the talents that we've been bringing up, some of the talents are, are just prayer. The prayer warriors that are coming out of this, it's insane. Um, and that's the same with the prayer warriors in, in Winnipeg. And I'm talking... We're not just talking, um, you know, all oh, the, the the people in Winkler are Mennonite. No, we're talking about interdenominational. Um, like I'm Catholic. There's there's pro there's there's Protestants. There's secular people. I mean, people who don't even believe. They don't even need to have faith. They can see that these these books are wrong. But the people who do have faith, it's every denomination. In fact, I know this is this is wild. Muslim, Jewish, Christian, we're all on the same page. This is not right for our kids. And so the people who've been praying, uh, I honestly truly believe that that's what's getting us this far and bringing everybody together is because of the prayers. So that's my biggest stress is pray about it. And um, starting off with prayer and, and thanking God that our kids haven't been subjected so far that we haven't slept and let this happen to our kids so far that it's it's too far gone. 
I, well, some days I have doubt and I shouldn't be saying that, but um, sometimes I actually think that we're too far gone, that we have to have hope and we have to stand and we have to, um, we have to know that we're, we're doing the right thing and we are doing the right thing. Um, that, that's, I can see not just the crazy person because there's so many people who are, are you know, can see this and they are all praying and they're all doing the right thing. Um, where else to go with that? I would confront your board and ask them. My big question would be why? What benefit is it to show children these pictures? And I would open those books up and say, well, like, I don't understand why kids need to know. Um, I mean, one of the books, um, let's talk about it, is probably one of the worst ones. Um, and it actually says, it tells the kids some of the how-tos, like how to have anal sex, how to have oral sex, how to have, um, uh, yeah, how to find your own kinks and porn on the internet, how to masturbate. But the description of it is very, um, well, I mean, you've seen that. It's, not the, it's, it's very graphic. And I just don't see, I would have to ask the superintendent and the board I would ask to be a delegation in front of those people and I would go up to them. And I mean, a lot of you have seen that on, on um, social media, that people are confronting their boards, are confronting their councils, are confronting the, the school boards. They are standing in front of them and just asking, what, why are we showing this to our children? Why is this okay to show kids? How come? And a lot of them won't even let you read them and read it in front of them. Yeah. We've got to stand and we find other people through this. So um, I don't know. I hope that answers the question. Samantha, oh, no, that's it. great. And I think knowing that there's so many other parents out there, like when I first watched one of your speeches, it just stirred up courage all over again inside of me, you know? And so I think like those of us that are stepping out, I feel like that just creates a ripple effect. So thank you for being as bold and confident as you've been and to like spearhead you know, um, and, and like you said, God just brought you like a, the right people around you, but he's definitely like equipped you and given you what you need to do in this moment. And it's just been beautiful to watch. So I'm thankful to know you. And um, well, yeah. thank you so much for that. But Samantha, I do have to say, like, um, there are some beautiful people and they don't even want their names mentioned. But, um, <laughs> sure. they're, just, they're just like beautiful people. So do I write these things by myself? Absolutely not. But I want everybody to know you'll find our speeches. We're okay with that there's no copyright on our speech mm. on our speeches so if you want to find those if you want to use the words from them absolutely go ahead go out there and use those exact words nobody's going to say oh well that christine said it already so we don't need to hear from you where's the best place for people to find that you know what concerned citizens canada um is is probably um i'm so bad with the tech stuff but yeah concerned citizens canada is I think for Instagram, I think there's an underscore, like at mm -hmm. concerned underscore citizens mm -hmm. underscore Canada. So that might be a place for people to start. Yeah. Um, some of the books, um, I know there's many of them, but is there a couple titles you could just read out if parents are curious, some of the books that they should be looking for? I can maybe post a more exhaustive list, but some of the key ones that you've you know brought up in council meetings. You know what? I'm going to find that list. And I was actually going to send that to you. Um, so, yeah, there is there is quite an exhaustive list. In fact, I had um, 
a lady in Winnipeg looking at the libraries. Um, so oh, it's currently nine pages long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Up list. So what you, when you and I chatted the other day, um, I had, I think, five books with me. But mm -hmm. yeah, the books are quite exhaustive. Like, um, well, it's just, it's, I don't even know where to start. It, it's very exhaustive on, I mean, in this poor person, she's put them all in alphabetical order. Um, and, and what I've been sticking with, I mean, I'm not going to tell what people have to do. There are so many books that should be uh, removed. There's so many books that I disagree with. Um, but the ones that break the criminal code is probably what I would stick with. Yeah. If, if I were, if I were your audience, because that's what I've been doing. Doesn't mm -hmm. mean that that's what you have to do. So I'm going to speak from my own behalf. The criminal code is very, um, like I said, basic, but it is what it is. It's already written. We don't have to fight about anything else because yeah. There's the criminal code already done. I don't have to prove anything else. Yeah. If it violates that, it's an excellent start. Um, yeah, that's great. Well, I can share some of that list that you send me. Um, so yeah. those on Instagram can't stay quiet. We can come find it there. My last question for you. So this is something that got brought up, you know, teaching children sexual education and reproductive health. It's obviously something we are in support of, you know, those that are opposed would like to say, we're just prudes that don't want kids to know anything about sex, which is not the case. Um, and so we even talked about how like this can prevent abuse, whereas a lot of these books are actually, you know, normalizing situations where it could cause abuse. I know one of the books talked about like maybe a child is masturbated with somebody else in the room and how that opens that up for oh. abuse. And that yeah, that's just one example. Um, so, yeah, one of the arguments that people use is, well, this is educational, so it's going to prevent abuse. Actually, it could easily cause abuse by the things that are being normalized. So um, we just saying that to say we're all for forms of education that are age appropriate and don't go against the criminal code. So do you have any recommendations for parents or resources that is, you know, a good um, option for parents or teachers to be teaching that? Well, you know what? There, there's lots of resources, especially if you. Um, I mean, I'm Christian, so um, Christian resources are, are super, um, and they're they're easy to find. Any, you can talk to any um, homeschooling store. It doesn't have to be, but it's just easy for me to find because that's what I'm doing. So it's there's you talk to anybody there, and they'd be able to help you out with that. Uh, sex education. It. I mean, these books aren't even sex ed. That's what makes me laugh. They're actually sexual instruction. Yeah, mm -hmm. That's how they're cataloged. But whatever the case may be, yes, there are some wonderful books. Like, um, I, I, I'm, I love theology of the body, and so um, the books that I have for my kids, um, the body matters, um, and it teaches from like the kindergarten ages, mm -hmm. and it's actually not everybody. It's every body has mm -hmm. something, right? Everybody has something to give. And God has a plan for boys and for girls. Um, the body teaches many lessons. So this goes up to, so it starts off as, as probably your, you know, not toddlers, but um, yeah, I do actually have some toddler ones too. And that's everybody is smart. Um, everybody is a gift. And everybody 
Uh, no, everybody has a body. And so that does the toddlers. And then those other ones were um, just uh, probably young elementary. And then it moves up to older elementary to probably grade seven. Um, the body teaches many lessons. Like there's just theology of the body and it's, it comes in such a big set. Um, then we have theology of the body for teens. So as they get a little older um, and it's discovering God's plan for love and life. I think, I think what's being lost, I mean, I don't have to even say I think, but I will say that so that it's covering that my independent opinion. So I think that the world has really lost their view of the gift, not just the gift of life, but the gift of our bodies in the, the proper science behind it. So if we were just to talk about science, um, like a female body versus a male body, um, the respiratory system's all there, the, the nervous system's all there. The only system that's not there in 100%, you only get half of your, your reproductive system. In order for that to be brought in his wisdom, in order to have that complete, you need both male and female. There's no way to complete that system. It's the only system that's not complete within that body. You need the opposite sex. Now, do you need that that system to survive? No, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who actually don't have to reproduce, right? Right? We have a lot of I have a sister that's single, right? So and does she want to be? No. So if there's any young men. No. So, um, but they, they have to understand that their calling um, at that time might be that that's that they're given their half of the reproductive system doesn't mean that they have to use it. Mm -hmm. So it's the self-control. We've lost the teaching of self-control. We've lost the purpose of our bodies. We've lost um, so teaching what your body is meant for and the respect of your body and respecting other people's bodies. And if we actually showed respect of our bodies in our, in these books, there's zero respect of body. There's zero appreciation of the gift that you were given. And there's also, it's all about pleasure and not self-control. It's not proper use. So it's, if you were to not properly use your respiratory system, you wouldn't care about smoking, right? Um, and I'm not even talking on a theology side of things. I'm just talking about the biology side of things. If you didn't care about your respiratory system, or if you didn't care about your circulatory system, that you'd eat whatever you want to, right? Like it really doesn't matter and you, would, you wouldn't exercise, whatever. It's not even healthy what is being taught. The idea of absolute pleasure is doesn't work in any other system. If if we were talking about pleasure on the nervous system, we would probably think that getting high is probably the best thing for you, right? You always feel high. Why not? It would feel great. For the respiratory system, um, it really doesn't matter. So you might as well be just smoking all the time. We would never promote that to children. We would never. Well, I guess in BC they are starting to promote some of the stuff that we wouldn't promote but that's probably not the best um role modeling that we could have but we don't want to do this to our kids we don't want to promote unhealthy lifestyle 
But all of a sudden, now it's okay to just go based on pleasure for for the the reproductive system. It it's it's absolute insanity that biology would be talked about in such a way. Health, they're saying health is is required. Why? You don't just pleasure yourself for for eating whatever you want. I mean, yeah, I I don't know how we've sunk this far. I really don't. Yeah. Well, and there's so many harms, even the the porn conversation, like in some of these books promotes it as something that, you know, most people are not addicted to is what it says, and totally ignores even the human trafficking element of porn that a lot of people don't talk enough about. And so the real dangers, and again, going back to making kids vulnerable, um, there's just so many issues in this where, like you said, it's not teaching kids to respect their bodies to love their bodies, that they're, you know, God-given, even if these aren't children that believe in God, but that our bodies are a good thing that we should take care of. Um, There's just, yeah, there's just so much perversion there that is really destruction of the body and people actually being at war with their body. I mean, we see that with like gender surgeries where, you know, we're not, um, we're not loving our bodies or they're not loving their bodies, but at war with it and want to change it and mutilate it. So they should be happy within the body that they are in. Um, and, and that's a totally different topic. For sure. But, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's sad that that's what's being promoted. And, um, yeah, that's, that's too bad. But yeah, these, like I say, this, the ones that I'm, I'm working with is the ones that are breaking, breaking the criminal code. Um, yeah. but I totally agree 100%. Um, but yeah, there's tons of books out there. They just have to go and find it. Will you find those books? Um, at chapters, probably not. Not those, they'll, you'll find those bad books at chapters, but will you probably find Theology of the Body or the good um, alternatives instead? Probably not. You're going to probably have to do a little bit of research, but it wouldn't take long. You can go to, um, yeah, there's, there's lots of sites that you'd be able to find. Well, thank you so much, Christine, for coming and chatting with me. There, you're just like a wealth of knowledge and courage and resources. <laughs> And it's such a joy to now know you and call you friend. Absolutely. Samantha, you're fantastic. You're just a, such inside and outside, just wonderful person. So thank you so much for your help so far um, and the prayers. Thank you so much. And yeah, it's such I a great so reminder much. for people to be praying about this issue, right? Like it needs to yeah. start there. I love that you said that. Yeah. So, and, and it's getting to be very big. Like um, it's not just the little towns in Southern Manitoba. Like if you guys were to just pay attention to what's happening in the States, straight across Canada, it's, it's everywhere. Actually in Scotland is fighting too. Scotland, um, France is is a little bit far gone. Um, It would be interesting for people to look into where that is because we could see how far this could go. And I don't think we, Canadians, we Manitobans are we southwestern Manitoba. We don't want to become that. And if you guys were to look into it, yeah. Good a good warning for us. And yeah, for those listening, you're definitely not alone in your thoughts and feelings about this. So you can reach out to either of us if you need a little encouragement. So absolutely. So thank you so much (laughs) once again. And yeah, this has just been a blessing. So thank you very much.